Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome to another week of the podcast. So as parents, we all know our kids shouldn't be eating so many sweets and so much junk, but it's not always easy. Processed foods are everywhere. Plus, there's picky eating, peer pressure, food marketing, and the high cost of food. Not to mention that we're all time-strapped and stressed out. On today's episode, I sat down with Heather England, founder of the popular site FitMamaRealFood.com. Heather is also a holistic nutrition coach, group fitness instructor, cookbook author, food photographer, and recipe developer. As a parent, if we're wanting our kids to be eating, you know, whole foods, but they're always exposed to and eating ultra processed foods, it makes it harder for their taste buds to enjoy real food. And that's kind of when those food battles start to come in. Heather talks about what a real food kitchen is how to get started, and the best pantry staples to have on hand. She also explains how to save money and use your freezer to make your life easier and how to encourage your kids to eat healthy. Heather makes setting up a real food kitchen really easy, and she has a lot of quick, realistic ideas for your life. I know you're going to love this interview with Heather England. Well, Heather, welcome to Food Issues. Thanks for having me, Julie. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I had the privilege to be on your podcast um, and it was just a great experience. Um, And it was actually one of the reasons that I decided to launch this podcast. So I'm excited to talk to you. Let's talk about your story and, and your path because your path is so varied, right? I'd love to hear how you got into all of this. Yeah, I love that you use the word varied because I am multi-passionate, so there are a lot of things that I'm into, Uh, but my path really started around when I got married back in 2008, and this is when I started my blog, formerly named Get Healthy with Heather, because I was really on a path to learning how to be the healthiest version of myself. I grew up very much in like a diet-centric mindset and wanted to get away from that. So I was learning about nutrition. I was getting into exercise. Um, I became a group fitness instructor because I always loved working out at home, teaching my mom like a workout. And so I thought, hey, this is something that I could do for other people. And it brings me so much joy. Um, So I was really in this phase of just learning to better myself nutrition wise and um, with exercise. And over the years, it's really gotten into, um, turned into teaching others, you know, how to feed their families healthy. I have four kids now. Um, They're three, five, seven, and nine. And I love to just teach other families like how I do this in my house because it doesn't have to be hard and we can teach our kids to enjoy and eat real food. And so that's really where um, where that stemmed from. And I share all of that um, over on my website, Fit Mama Real Food. I love creating recipes, meal plans, and just everything involving food in a healthier way uh, because it should be joy-filled and delicious. 
Yeah, I I think the thing about your recipes is you do really make it easy and it's they're healthy and delicious and you almost think, wow, I can't do that. But then when I watch you, you know, on, on Instagram, it, it is truly easy. So we'll, we'll definitely link to your site in the show notes um, for yeah. people to check out your recipes. And so let's talk about ultra processed foods. So kids are definitely eating way too many ultra processed foods. And, um, you know, there's been some recent research around this. And so why is this something that parents should be thinking about more? Because I think we all know we need to think about it, but why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's so true. And once my kids got into school, it's like their eyes were open to all the different things out into the world. Um, And the reason why I think parents should be mindful about this is because what becomes a habit is something that becomes hard to break. So as a parent, if we're wanting our kids to be eating, you know, whole foods, but they're always exposed to and eating ultra processed foods, it makes it harder for their taste buds to enjoy real food. And that's kind of when those food battles start to come in. Um, When kids are eating hyperpalatable, overprocessed foods, their taste buds are just being saturated with so many flavors that were built to be desired. And so then it makes it hard to enjoy real food. So the more that we can, you know, not say never, but incorporate them as a bonus or an extra, not an all the time, then we can really let the focus be on whole foods. Yeah. And you mentioned school and I agree. I think that's one of the biggest challenges for parents today. So, you know, with my kids, I mean, they really, we were focused on real whole foods for several years until kindergarten, mm-hmm. even kindergarten was, was okay. And then, you know, the peer pressure starts kicking in, in the, in the later grades. And I think that's just such a big challenge because that's how kids are growing up. There's processed foods everywhere. Any tips for for how parents can kind of get around this and try to focus on those whole foods when they're packing lunches, when they're sending their kids in with snacks. Yeah, well, you know, as parents, we have so much power because we're the ones that bring the food into our house. So my kids might be seeing it at school and they might be asking for it and they might have it from friends. It's not something that I'm bringing into our house as a regular thing. Sure, I might pick up something on a special occasion or they might get to pick something out at the store and that's not a big deal because it's not an all the time thing. But really, if you're wanting to send your kids with these whole foods, these healthier options, then it starts with what do you bring into your house? You're the gatekeeper of what comes in and what gets sent with them. So find options that you know you feel good about. And then you can't be upset with your kids and think like, oh, why are they always asking for this? Well, if you're always buying it, then they're always going to want it too. Yeah. And it also becomes a power struggle though, right? Too, if you say no, no, no all the time. Um, and so there, there has to be some sort of a balance too. And here we're talking about the ultra processed foods. So your chips, your um, fruit roll-ups, things like that. And so mm-hmm. processed foods, there, there are different levels. There's a Nova classification system talking about the different levels of processing. and so you know, kind of basic processed foods like beans or canned salmon, that's kind of okay, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you rely on processed food, on those types of processed foods to make your life a little easier? I do for sure. I opened up a can of chickpeas when I was making lunch today and I took some applesauce squeeze pouches on the go. So yeah, I do rely on those to simplify my life. 
Um, but I think it all comes down to how processed, what are the ingredients that are going into it? Um, and that's really where that difference comes in. But yes, I mean, as parents, we already have so much going on. So it is not realistic to imagine that we have to make every single thing from scratch. Like we can pick and choose what we would like to make from scratch. And then there's, you know, bread that you could buy at the store instead of having to make it. So I think there's there's so much power in finding those convenience foods that are still made with ingredients that you can recognize. Yeah. And why do you think that it's really important that that we pay more attention to this today? Oh, I think it's important just because the the media out there and the marketing is throwing all of this ultra processed food at us because they have, you know, making money in mind, whereas us as parents, we have our health and nutrition for our kids in mind. So I think we have to, we have to almost, I don't know if be on guard is the right word, but we have to be vigilant about what we're bringing in and what we're bringing in for our kids and encouraging them to eat. Because if not, marketing is so just good and Mm -hmm. it's going to make your kids want to eat all of those things. And then it can be this this hard habit to break again of where you really like those really salty chips and then other foods just don't taste as good and it gets hard to um, adjust your palate back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, another thing is that the more processed foods you feed your kids now, they're just more likely to continue eating that way. And if you really want to raise your kids to eat real whole foods and be healthy eaters and not succumb to all the chronic disease that that we're facing now, um, it's really a good habit to get into to try to focus on those real whole foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, yes, I haven't been brought up the health that real food brings in, but it's so true. It's It's what we eat is either healing our body or it could be hurting our body. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about what you call a real food kitchen, why it's important and how we can make it easy for ourselves. If you want mealtimes to be easier and less stressful, getting your kids in the kitchen is one of the best things you can do. I know that it's really encouraged my kids to eat their vegetables and try new foods, and it's given them a ton of confidence in the kitchen. But if you don't know how to cook or you don't like to cook, the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse is for you. This course was created by a mom of four and former elementary school teacher, and it's designed to build connection, confidence, and creativity in the kitchen. With Kids Cook Real Food, you'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping lists, and kid-friendly recipes like Tex-Mex white bean dip and homemade pizza. The course is designed for all kids ages 2 to teen and has three different skill levels. Your kids will learn how to crack eggs, cook rice, make a salad, and safely use knives, the oven, and appliances. If your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, no problem because the course has a ton of substitutions. My kids and I have taken the course and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken the course and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. You can sign up by going to kidscookrealfood.com slash 
food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. We all know that kids love their snacks, but finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable isn't always easy. That's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids really love the skinny dip dark chocolate almonds and Lara bars, especially coconut cream pie. So delicious. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products, and clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. All right, Heather. So let's talk about what you call a real food kitchen. Why is this important for us to know? Yeah, a real food kitchen is, is like I said earlier, what we bring into our house is what we send out and we feed our kids. So it's like the groundwork for how our family is going to be nourished. And by real food, I mean ingredients. And that could be single ingredients like a bean or a carrot, or it could be um, a, a pre-made real food ingredient like bread or um, canned beans, like you said. And so what a real food kitchen is, it's these components, these ingredients or these multi-ingredients, convenience foods that you can take and turn into meals for your family instead of lots of overly processed convenience foods. It can be super easy to you know, be at the store and see all these these easy foods, these snacks, and bring them into your kitchen. Um, and then that's what everybody gra- gravitates towards. But if we can set ourselves up with a real food kitchen in our pantry, in our freezer, in our fridge, um, we can make it simpler to feed our families real food. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the fridge and the freezer because, yeah, you you can bring in, you know, minimally processed fruits and vegetables. And, and it's such a great way to, to keep all those real foods on hand, save money, and you, you always can pull together a meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you have it on hand, it just makes it so much easier to, to make that decision to eat it. I mean, if we don't have it around, if we don't have salad around, we're not going to eat the salad. Um, but when you open up your fridge and say you're, you're building a sandwich and you see that spinach right in front of you, it makes it easier to grab a handful and put it on your sandwich. It makes it easier to just add more goodness onto your plate if we have it there to grab. Yeah. And so what's important to keep in mind as people are setting up their real food kitchens? Yeah, I think something really important is to be realistic with yourself. And what I mean by that is setting up a real food kitchen with ingredients that your family enjoys. You know, you could see somebody's fridge on Instagram and it's full of all of this kale and tomatoes and all these vegetables and it's all beautiful and organized, but is that realistic for your life? Is that realistic what your family enjoys? So one way to um, to get started is to get out a piece of paper by yourself or with your family and like make a column for fruits and vegetables and say, hey, what are ones that we like so that we already know when we bring it in, 
It's not going to get wasted. We're going to enjoy it. And you can go through all the different categories like fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, different meats, freezer items, and get everybody involved because everyone has different preferences. And, and start with that. Like, look at the list, see which single ingredients or, you know, less processed um, convenience foods that you can bring in and start with that. And then also, I think a really important thing is to also look at what you have already. Look at the ingredients on different bottles, and packages, and decide like, hey, is this something that one, we're going to eat? Is it something that we're wanting to put into our bodies? Um, and of course, you know, wasting food is not, not always a great idea. So, you know, you can use it. And then when you replace it, replace it with something that has less ingredients. Um, and just make sure that it's things that your family is going to enjoy because food waste is always great to avoid if we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's true. You see so much on social media, right? And I know you're putting that out there, but there's just so much unrealistic images and videos and they're beautiful and you want to aspire to them. But at the same time, they kind of make you feel bad because you just don't have time to be color coordinating everything and, <laughs> right? yeah. and getting buckets and your snack drawer. And it's just, that's not how most people live. And I think we have to realize that you know, people in this space, it's called marketing for a reason, right? They're, they're trying to get clicks. They're trying to get you to engage and, and, and buy their products or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what are the first steps that we need to take to get started? Yeah, well, I think definitely taking inventory and just looking at what you have. And like I said, taking out the things that you are not wanting your family to consume or that you just you're just not using. It could just be something that's taking up wasted space uh, where you could have it replaced with a whole food. Um, so kind of taking that out, make your list of what you're wanting to have in your kitchen as you're building blocks for making meals. And then, um, you know, to go along with building your, your real food kitchen, um, anytime we're going to be going to the grocery store to bring food in, I think it's always smart to have a meal plan um, especially if you're short on time when you're coming to make a meal, like knowing in advance what you're going to make can be really helpful. So use those three together, get rid of the things that you don't want, have your list of items that you, you know, you want to bring into your kitchen, but then also cross check that with what you're going to eat throughout the week and then make your grocery list from there and then bring those whole foods in. And it could be, you know, when you're building a meal, it could be as easy as like find your favorite single ingredient pasta have a pasta sauce and add a protein and add a frozen vegetable in. Like we don't have to make it hard. Mm -hmm. It can be as simple as that. Um, and four ingredients to make a healthy balanced meal for your family. Yeah. It just requires assembly really. Mm -hmm. And so what are some pantry staples that you like to include in your regular rotation? Yeah. Well, I love to have canned beans, um, because I don't really like to take the time to cook the beans, if mm -hmm. I'm being honest. So that's yeah. something I love to keep on hand. I love to keep like tuna and salmon and sardines, easy protein in a can. Um, we love to keep a pasta or two around. We kind of rotate through chickpea pasta or einkorn or brown rice or whole wheat. Uh, but I try to look for a single ingredient that's going into it. Um, we keep canned pumpkin, which is fantastic to throw into smoothies or your oatmeal or make some muffins. Um, 
We love to keep broth on hand, love bone broth, and of course, tomato sauces on hand, enchilada sauce, these these building blocks that can be turning into something else. Um, Pantry staples, also like onions and potatoes and garlic. And then I think of just all my seasonings. Seasonings and spices can add so much to a meal, along with healthy oils to cook in. Uh, Some of my favorites are avocado oil, olive oil, and coconut oil. Those are my three that I kind of always have on hand that I rotate between. And then um, vinegars are fantastic for adding a little more flavor to your dressing. Coconut aminos, which is my very favorite seasoning, I think. I love it so much. Sweet and unami, um, deliciousness. I love it too, yeah. Um, What do you do with the avocado oil? Does it have a high smoke point? It does, yeah. So if I'm doing some sauteing on like medium-high heat, I use avocado oil. Or if I'm roasting over like 400 degrees, then I use avocado oil. Okay. That's great to know. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that we can make some healthy swaps? Yeah. Well, let's just talk about oil right away since we were just talking about that. Um, Back when I was first starting to cook on my own, I was always just using vegetable oil oil or canola oil and even just swapping the type of oil that you're using. Um, Avocado oil, like I mentioned, is a favorite because it has a higher smoke point and it's got lower omega-6 just swapping your oil for a better one or a better alternative is a great place. Um, Looking at your pasta, like what kind of pasta are you bringing in? Can you find one with a little more fiber or make it a single ingredient pasta? Um, Even looking at your canned beans, like we're just going down these ones I already talked about. You can look and see if one is just like a bean with some liquid or if there's other added ingredients in it. So flipping around, looking at what ingredients are in them can be really helpful to just leave out the um, the preservatives that lots of foods have in them. And this can also go for um, items that you would have in your fridge, like looking at some breakfast sausage or some bacon. There's the difference between them that you find at the grocery store with added um, nitrates and preservatives or ones that have just a few ingredients. So I think it really comes down to like looking at the ingredients So much of the time, we just get used to grabbing the one that we're used to um, at the grocery store. And if we can just take a second to look between a couple options, see the ingredients, see the the quantity of ingredients, see if we can recognize them, we can just easily make that swap. And it doesn't have to be everything at one time when you go to the grocery store. Maybe one week you're like, I'm just going to focus on the pasta and the pasta sauce that I buy. And then next week, you're looking at your tortillas and your bread. So you can make it doable and start to find those brands that you like, you love. And then it just becomes easier each time you go because you're building those patterns of what you reach for. Yeah, you definitely have to take some time and and be a detective. But I love that you're saying, you know, break it down, start small, and then add on every week. So freezer meals, right? We see, again, people on Instagram with all these amazing freezer meals. And, and several years ago, when my daughters were babies, I uh, was part of a group called Mops, Mothers of Preschoolers. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman who we had like these breakout groups, and she was talking about how she'd spend, you know, most of her day on Sunday and make all these meals for the month. And I Mm. thought, well, that's really not attainable for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she'd freeze everything. And I always felt like, 
Okay, I can't do that, but more power to you. So what are some ways that we can use our freezer without it seeming so overwhelming and so time consuming? Yeah, I'm with you too. Cooking for an entire month does not sound very fun (laughs) in one day. So what I like to do um, for my freezer is say I'm making um, extra, making taco meat or meatballs. I love to double or triple the amount that I'm making and then freezing that so that it's, the work is done. It's already cooked or the meatballs are already rolled up. The prep work is done. And then I have that in the freezer, always label it, always date it. Um, and then I can pull that out another time to simplify a day that's a little more rushed. So that's, that's always my go-to is extra meat or protein is prepped and in there. Um, other things that I like to put in the freezer are, you know, in the summertime when we can pick berries or we can harvest more vegetables, freezing extra. I always think of the freezer as like the place that extra goes so it doesn't go to waste and it simplifies future Heather's life. Uh-huh. Um, but you could also, you know, could do some freezer meals, um, yeah. throw in some chicken breast with some uh, seasoning and put that in the freezer and then it's marinated and ready to go. So keeping it really simple because then it's actually more doable. I think we all have a personality type. If, you know, cooking for a whole month and having the freezer is for you, then that's awesome. You should keep doing that if you love it. But if that doesn't sound good, just a little bit at a time, um, make a double batch of muffins or some pancakes and throw those in the freezer. I think just when we're already in the kitchen, seeing if we can make a little more because it really only takes a couple more minutes, maybe. Um, we're already making the dishes dirty. We might as well make extra. And then having that in the freezer to pull out for those busy days is how I use that personally in my kitchen, because I'm all about efficiency. If I'm already in the kitchen, just make more and save time for the future. Yeah, that's great. And do you uh, cook vegetables and then freeze them? Sometimes I'll roast some vegetables, but I tend to do uh, raw. Like if I cut up a butternut squash, um, I have that cubed and ready to go. And I put that on a baking sheet to freeze. And then once it's frozen, I'll put it in a bag. So it's easier to um, to put in the freezer. So I tend to do uh, raw vegetables in the freezer most of the time. But I've frozen roasted Brussels sprouts before and they do just fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great. So what are your best tips for encouraging kids to eat more real whole foods? Yes, I love talking about this. Um, my favorite thing is to bring my kids into the kitchen. You know, kids are so curious and especially when they're younger, they just, you know, they just want to be like, be with you and be involved with you. So bringing them in along with what you're doing, whether you're just simply grating some carrots or chopping some vegetables, um, or even as you're just looking through a cookbook, like bring them in and, and have conversations around the food um, because they can be curious and they can ask their questions and they can, they can just see it and be excited about food. So bringing them in, getting them involved, you know, as they start to get a little older, um, start to include them in the kitchen. And it can be, it can be very simple. It doesn't have to be super complicated. It can be just getting everything for pancakes in a bowl. And then you ask them to simply mix it slowly and they're getting involved. They're excited. Um, And then as they get older, that can progress into doing more things. I think also when you are meal planning for the week, if you have a kid that is never excited about the meals, 
like have them open up a cookbook or have them go to your favorite uh, recipe website, wherever you'd like to find your recipes and have them pick something out. Um, see what they're into. See if they want to help you make it. Because when a kid comes into the kitchen with us and they help us to make a meal and then they watch their family eat that meal and the family's enjoying it, like they're going to have so much pride in it and also themselves be more excited to try that food when they are in the kitchen, you know, Mm -hmm. having that power. Kids want to like, they want to win. They want to have the power. And when we can give them that win, it can help them to be more excited to try the real foods. Um, If you have space to have a little garden, get them involved in growing some vegetables or going just to the grocery store or the farmer's market and letting them be curious about the different fruits and vegetables they see can be really helpful as well. Yeah, I love the farmer's market in a few months because they get to meet the farmers too and they get mm-hmm. to understand where you know how the food was grown and, and also there's just different types of fruits and vegetables that you can find at the farmer's market that you can't find in the grocery store. Yeah. So it's so much fun, yeah. So you have a new book, so tell us about it. I do, and it kind of ties along with this last question that you asked about kids in the kitchen or, or real food. Uh, yes, I wrote a cookbook called Everyday Muffin Party. And the book is for for families really that want to encourage their kids and themselves to eat healthier muffin options. So we have um, tons of sweet and savory muffins in there. Everything is gluten free. Everything is refined sugar free. So we're using maple syrup or honey as a sweetener throughout it or just fruit. Um, And there's a section in the front about bringing kids in the kitchen. So if that's a topic that you want to learn more about like where to start what do I do by age group how to get them involved Uh, we have information in there about that but yeah it's available on Amazon it's on my website and it's it was so fun to put together it's been so fun just seeing families cooking from it and it's gotten some just really great reviews and I've heard so much good things about the muffins so it's been so fun that's great And we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Heather, where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so you can find my website, fitmamarealfood.com. And that's kind of the hub where I have all the recipes, information about my cookbook. I have meal plans um, for families to use as well. And then I'm on Instagram at fitmamarealfood. And that's kind of my favorite place to hang out. I love connecting with my community there. So if you're on Instagram, come and say hey and let me know that you um, found me through Julie's podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. That was such a fun interview with Heather England. Definitely go pick up a copy of her book and head to fitmamarealfood.com for all of her amazing recipes and ideas. If you're enjoying Food Issues, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so we can reach more people. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, and I'll see you next week. 